All right, well, welcome this evening to our midweek service, our 7, 8, 7 p.m. midweek service. Uh, we have been hitting wisdom from there. Actually, we, we were hitting it on Sundays and Wednesdays. I believe this is our fourth installment of wisdom from there. I know we had uh, one interruption on Sunday, but I do want to thank Pastor Greg Everett for, uh, you know, just sharing on Sunday, really poured out, teaching, you know, how you're sealed in the, in the fountain of uh, trust. Uh, it wasn't his fault, it was my error. The graphics said a fountain of truth. Uh, that was me rushing. I didn't, uh, <laughs> I was too busy to pay attention. Uh, but uh, uh, he did a powerful job. You know, they, him and uh, Minister Donner, <clears throat> they're wonderful people. They have, you know, um, we have a great connection. We've had a great connection with them, actually, since we are probably since 2011, maybe, I believe. Um, so uh, we just thank and praise him for, for actually coming out and sharing and, and uh, actually giving them a customized word for Ayers Christian Center Church. I thought it was pretty powerful. All right, so let's get into this, this word here, uh, wisdom from there. Uh, we, we dropped off the last time we taught it on how uh, wisdom helps you to be foolproof, <laughs> helps you to be foolproof. And um, so we talked about how, you know, uh, I, I wanted to at least share it with you. We're not going to get into it uh, now, how that, that person that, that is a fool uh, is right in their own eyes. <laughs> They're always right in their own eyes. You know, that's Proverbs twelve fifteen. And so, you know, we're not necessarily locking in on that, but, but it's just uh, you, could, you can't talk about wisdom without talking about the foolish because those that, as uh, Proverbs 1, 7 says, those that despise wisdom are foolish. Um, and, and it's amazing how the danger, you know, I know when I've been foolish in my life, the challenge wasn't that I was a fool. The challenge was I didn't want to accept it. You know what I'm saying? So that means that somebody's given me the requisite wisdom to, to step out of my foolishness and I'm blocking it, you know, just because I'm prideful. Because I don't want to be a fool, but I'm being foolish not to accept what it takes for me not to be a fool. You see what I'm saying? Like, like you know, nobody wants to be a fool. And so that's the tough part. You know, we can get so, uh, uh, so uh, prideful and not receive what it takes for us to get out of our foolishness. Hey, you know, everybody slips and misses. We've all been fools. Some of us are fools now. Um, it's not a, a permanent residence. It's only a permanent residence if you don't uh, receive God's wisdom to get out of there, <laughs> right? And um, I was thinking through this. Uh, you know, I had this in my notes uh, from another time, of another teaching a while ago that I was teaching. But uh, Minister Lamar made a, a comment. He said, uh, knowledge is easy, but wisdom has a price. Knowledge is easy, but wisdom has a price. I mean, just grab a book, do whatever you can, you know, to gain knowledge. Knowledge is readily available, but to take that knowledge and apply it right is going to cost you something. <laughs> it's going to cost you something. Uh, and uh, uh, Venetia said this, you know, she kind of was summing up, you know, just how all the teachings connect and how this teaching 
lines up. She says, you know, because we were teaching on chisel Im- image. And so she said this. She says, when you're chiseled back to your original image, you have to ask for wisdom from there. So, so, so remember we talked about how a lot of times we've taken on so much stone, we've become hard and, and rock. And so, so now instead of having that pliable, soft, molded heart, uh, God, it's hard, harder for God to mold us into his image, so he has to chisel out his image in us. So Venetia was saying, when that image is chiseled out, don't get overconfident that you've arrived at his image. You got to ask for wisdom from there. So I thought that was, um, I thought that was powerful. And uh, over the years, as, as I've grown, I had the fortunate opportunity to to work with youth in youth ministry, but even before youth ministry, I spent, okay, so yeah, I spent 10 years working juvenile corrections, minimum, maximum security, um, group homes, doing a normative culture group, normative culture groups, positive peer culture groups, behavior management, uh, crisis intervention, conflict resolution, this was my world for a long time. But there was a common theme that always weaved through that culture. And, 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 and you ask yourself, why would somebody uh, put themselves in a position where they're, they're, okay, so they wanted, you know, you hear this from youth a lot. I want to do my own thing. I want to be free. But then they make choices to get locked up. You know, so, so then you get locked up and, and when, when the situation, the trauma that happens when you, when either you see the siren or, the, or you're cuffed up or you hear the cell clink uh, or in this particular case, you know, you come into this facility and you walk and we close the door and you're locked up. You can't navigate back and forth like you want to. You have to knock on your cell and ask for permission. And so you're subject to someone letting you even use the restroom and determining when you can eat and what time you eat and how much you can eat and limiting what you can eat, telling you what you can wear and limiting. You know, they had these little uh, khaki uh, uh, pants and T-shirts. Cold outside, but you got a T-shirt, you know what I'm saying, sometimes. And then you had, uh, you had these... Uh, 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 flips there, like, you know, flips or slippers or whatever there, you know, so, uh, and so you, you, you didn't have the latest styles and things of that nature. So none of those young men wanted to be in that situation, but it's interesting how they would be locked up and you would think, man, I'm never coming back here again. And, and they would leave and go back, do something and be back. You know, I always tell the story, the young man left um, and said he wasn't coming back, and he came back a couple months later. He said, he said, he said Mr. Bradley, he said, man, I, I put the key in the door, and the fellas rolled by, and before I could turn the key, it was like, yo, we going here, we going there, and I got in the car. He said, I looked up, and I'm back here. He said, that just, just like, I don't know what happened between the time I put my key in the car. A whole month went by. And I'm back here. And so what I used to challenge those guys is, I said, so it's not you saying, I'm not going to do that no more. You know, that would be nice. For all of us, we, plenty of times we've made mistakes 
And, you know, I used to always do a poll and say, and raise your hand how many people have made a mistake. That's everybody. How many people have made the same mistake twice? And the hands keep going up. So how do you do this? Um, what I used to tell them is, I said, avoid trying to get respect among fools. Avoid trying to get respect among fools. See, so even if you want to do the right thing, but if your gauge of, of success Fulfillment is the approval of fools. You're going to end up doing something foolish because fools create a standard of foolishness. <laughs> you know, even, even though it, they hype it up, they, they, if you can't do this, if you don't do this, if you don't have that, if you don't do this this way, you're not approved. Uh, uh, every level, it could be ministry, it could be a professional athlete, it could be business. Uh, it could be our culture now. You know, if we're on, if we step back and we're honest with ourselves, some of us are risking very valuable things in our lives because we're trying to keep up with fools. So we must stop trying to get respect among fools if we want to walk in God's wisdom. Right? We want our, our reverence and our respect should be God. Right? Not fools. All right? And so let's go to Proverbs 13. Trying not to get respect among fools. Proverbs 13, verse 20. It says this. It says, he that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Well, the other thing we used to talk about in corrections was uh, the, you always hear the line, birds of a feather flock together. And I, used to ask, I said, you heard that? It was like, yeah. I said, yeah, but they also fly to the same destination. So birds of a feather flock together, but they fly to the same destination. And you notice something, you don't see eagles in flocks. <laughs> right? So, so you can determine where you're going in your life by who you're around. <laughs> like you can say, well, no, that's just how they are. That's just how they are, and that's just how you're going to end up being. <laughs> Think about it. You know how we, you know, you're around people. I mean, that's just how they are. Man, they always, man, don't pay them no mind. No, no, no. No, you, you might want to pay them some mind because you're, you're actually going to become them. You know, you're going to be playing off of their choices and their decisions. Uh, Proverbs 17, let's go there. I mean, you can't talk about wisdom, God's wisdom, without talking, hitting Proverbs. That's the wisdom, that's the wisdom book, right? All right, so Proverbs 17, so we're going to hit a few scriptures in Proverbs. Proverbs 17, 16. It says, wherefore is, is there a price in the hand of a fool to get wisdom, seeing he has no heart to it? Seeing he has, wherefore is there a price in the hand of a fool to get wisdom, seeing he has no heart to it? Now, what that's saying is like the fool doesn't have a heart to pay the price for wisdom. A fool is always looking for ways around wisdom. Like a, a fool lives a life sometimes where if I didn't think of it, it's not important. You know, I'm not doing that because this person thought of it before me. I've known people that's been in marriages, well, I like the church, but I'm not going because you went first, you know. Or I like that idea, but since I ain't think of it, I ain't, you know, I'm not doing it, you know. Or 
I don't want my kid to follow that wisdom because I didn't teach it to them. That's not even, <laughs> that, that's foolishness, you know, right? A fool doesn't, and this is the tough part, a fool doesn't know how to control their mouth. A fool doesn't know how to control their mouth. This is a scripture we talk about a lot here at this church. Proverbs, well, no, where was we at? We was at Proverbs 17. So since we're in 17, we'll jump down here. I'm going to skip two scriptures. We're going to go to Proverbs 29, but let's do Proverbs 17, 28. It says, even a fool, when he holdeth his peace, is counted wise. And he that shutteth his lips is esteemed a man of understanding. See, so sometimes we're, 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 we're too reactive. Like we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to filter what we want to communicate. You know, you can say the right things the wrong way, right? You can say the right things at the wrong time. You can say the right thing in the wrong package. And so the Holy Spirit makes sure it's the right timing, it's the, it's, it's, uh, it's the right way and the right package, right? So that's why the scripture tells us to be slow to speak and quick to listen. Let's go to Proverbs 29. This, this, this right here is the scripture, one of the foundational scriptures that I actually live by. Well, I can say me and my lovely wife, we, we endeavor to live by, all right? So Proverbs 29, 11. It says, a fool utters all his mind, but a wise man keepeth it until afterwards. A fool utters all his mind. Right? And that's the, you know, so I, I had to learn that it's very early because I had a lot of zeal. And if I thought it, I would say it. But the Holy Spirit had to show me how to filter um, and how to, no, 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 just wait on me. Sometimes it's a better timing. Sometimes it's a better way. And most of the time it's a better package. <laughs> you know, so I had to learn how to articulate myself different. You know, just, you know, so not being so quick to um, show people what I know. Like, you know what I know. <laughs> you know, and then navigate uh, assuredly. Let's drop down here to verse 20. It says, a faithful man, I'm sorry, I'm, uh, verse 20 is interesting, uh, 28, 20 is interesting too, but 29, 20. It says, see if thou a man that is hasty in his words. There is more hope of a fool than of him. Hasty in his words. So just quick to speak. You know, you find yourself in a lot of traps when you, when you, when you, uh, speak before you've processed the entire information. You know, it, it frustrates you in, in conversations, even with people you love, because you're talking before you really processed and heard. Or if you're going to help somebody, the greatest thing to do when you're going to help the people is, is listen. It just helps you, you know, uh, we're going to do a, going through a little counseling process where we'll have just counseling training. But the one of the things, man, is give people an opportunity to express themselves sometimes the Bible says wisdom is bound in the heart of a man. It takes a man, of under, a man of understanding to draw it out. A lot of times people have their own wisdom inside. <laughs> you know, but, but because they're, they're, it's, so, it's so scrambled because of the pressure 
they can't process it, but when they express it out to a person of understanding or operating in God's wisdom, that person can almost take the pieces to the puzzle and, and create a map for them to get out of that situation, right? And so this is, we have to be, let's go here, uh, James chapter 1. Because we're talking about operating in wisdom when we're saying wisdom helps us to keep us foolproof. And a lot of times our tongue won't allow us to, to rest in God's wisdom. Our tongue will jump out and speak um, too soon. Utter everything. Everything we know, everything we see, everything we're thinking, <laughs> everything that disappoints us. Sometimes you have to let it play out. You know, challenge yourself this week. Let some things play out. Like we don't have to fix everything and have an answer to everything. Let it play out. You know, David inquired of the Lord. You know what it takes to inquire of the Lord? See, uh, uh, there's a situation. Um, uh, uh, let me see, where is this located? This is in Joshua chapter 9. Uh, it's a little audible, but uh, if you read through the story, uh, Joshua and the children of Israel are traveling, and God told them, stay away from, don't have sex with them, don't, don't, don't kick it with them, stay away from the people of the land, because if you start to, again, hang around them, birds of a feather flock together, you'll fly to the same destination. You'll start worshiping their gods, you'll start uh, practicing some of their beliefs. If you think about the reason why we're challenged now, we're conforming to the world. We've, we have been conforming to the world. So we're, we now, some, the things of God, we think it's a distant memory. But nothing's changed with God. The challenge is a lot of us have conformed so much, we think what God is talking about is the fairy tale, and what demands wisdom is the reality. And so, so in their case, they start, you know, they, uh, they, had, they had one group of people figured, man, they, 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 they're taking out all these kingdoms. And so they're going to take us out too. So they dressed up different. It was the uh, Gibeonites, uh, a particular section of the Gibeonites. And so they put on sackcloth, ashes, and they rolled up to Joshua and them and said, Man, we're just like ambassadors. We've been out here in the desert, man. They really just came from the crib, and they just put on old clothes. And, um, you know, uh, what do we need to do, man? Just, you know, we'll serve you guys. And so they made a covenant with them that they would not harm them and that they would be their servants. Then they found out later they were, they had, they had, they were a kingdom that they were supposed to take out, but they gave their word so they couldn't take them out, right? And so... Uh, the, the wisdom that Joshua came up with later from God was, okay, they'll just serve us from this point on. But how did they even get into the situation where they, they, they end up in a covenant with somebody that they're supposed to take out? They never inquired of the Lord. Based on the circumstance, oh, look at them, man. Look at the clothes they have on. They're out here in the desert. They're going through stuff. Man, tell you what, man, let's just look out for them. Right? So it was based on how things looked. It was based on, oh, oh, not, no matter, I don't care how it looks, we still have to inquire the Lord. Does that make sense? So, so look, their mouth spoke covenant before they talked to the Holy Spirit. 
And then they were bound by their words. The scripture says you're snared by the words of your mouth. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 6.2 and Proverbs 18.21. Let's go here to James chapter 1 verse 19. It says this. It says, wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be look swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. It says, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. The wrath of the slow to wrath, you know, just hasty jumping to argue. It says, wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. Right, so the tongue, we talked about this the other week, the tongue needs to be prematurely tamed by wisdom before use. The tongue needs to be prematurely tamed by wisdom before use. We got to tame our tongue in wisdom before we start to use it. Now, now, a lot of times when you say slow to speak, ah, no, no, you know, you don't have to... Uh, Answer everything. You don't have to challenge. But they getting over. Ain't nobody going to talk to me this way. You know, Pastor Mel says something. She said, wisdom is not weak. Wisdom is not weak. And when I heard that, it triggered a thought. No, wisdom is not weak. It's just patient and courteous. See, see, so sometimes when you're slow to speak and you're operating in God's wisdom, you could appear weak. But wisdom ain't weak. It's patient and it's courteous. That's all it is. It's patient and it's courteous. See, God's wisdom chooses clarity over comfort. God's wisdom chooses clarity over comfort. See, a lot of times it's about what's going to comfort me. You know, uh, again, you know, people in situations where they, you know, I think I have something here that we'll, we'll get into. Yeah, we'll get into it here in a few seconds. But so people choose to smoke and drink and things of that nature. And a lot of times we talk to them because um, we have a lot of transparent conversations. People, yeah, well, you know, it just, you know, it relaxes me. Uh, it eases me. And the thing is, they're not lying. A lot of times they are relaxed and they're at ease. But they don't, but see, they're thinking about what comforts them, but they're not thinking about what's sneaking in on them. See, what's sneaking in on you is your vision is dulled, impaired. Your ability to process is different. Now, the person says, yeah, but I've, I've achieved this great feat. I've accomplished this great goal. So it doesn't, I never said if you're impaired, you can't accomplish great feats and great goals, but you can't accomplish God feats and God goals, which is way beyond what you're, what you're doing right now. There's much more. So if you've done something that the world considers great, how much more could you do if you could see clear, right? If you had the clarity. So God's wisdom chooses clarity over comfort. Clarity over comfort because the Bible says he'll keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. So, so perfect peace is different than temporary peace. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so just to have a smoke or a drink gives you something temporarily, but you don't get perfect peace. That comes from God, right? And this is the thing. Our whole life is about vision and God's wisdom is leading us down the path of clear vision. 
And this is the, the reality is the first one to, ke- to clarity, the first one to clarity gets the vision. The first person to clarity gets the vision, right? Um, the first person to clarity gets the promotion. The first person to clarity gets the peace, gets the prosperity, and gets the fulfillment. Let's look at Proverbs again. Let's go back to the wisdom book. And so we were talking about how from the foundations of the world, you know, God breathed wisdom into this world. And so anytime we're in a situation, there's wisdom from there. And so, so as you're traveling, because the whole thing is I've been designed for a purpose, right? You know, God set the members in the body as it pleases him. I have a purpose. I have a path to the purpose. Narrow is the way that leads to life and peace. And so as I'm moving, sometimes I get pulled off. You know, I might get uh, overwhelmed. And so there's wisdom from there. God is just saying, hey, there's wisdom from there. Anytime you get into that situation, just like, you know, these little video games where you stop and you get power. <laughs> you know, you eat something or take something to get more power. Well, when you get to this, this, the, this fork in the road, or, you know, a midlife crisis is really a uh, uh, thirsting for wisdom crisis. You know what I'm saying? It, but, but what happens is people start to run back to what they used to do. Well, I never did go to the prom. You know, I, I'm saying this literally. Like people will create their own pageantry because they think that's probably the answer. But, but that's a guess. And then they go, well, you know, I never did this in high school. So they go back around their high school friends. Only your high school friends are not the same friends. They have families, responsibilities. You know what I'm saying? Some of them are are frustrated, clouded. Some of them have been through heartache and pain, and they're bitter and angry. They're not your friends that haven't really had a lot of experience. So they can play more. People that have experience can't play as much. Can't play because they don't want to sometimes. Can't play because they can't even enjoy life. Can't play because they have responsibilities. Right? So, so you can't, but you go back there, you know, almost like shooting dice. I'm going to go back and see if I, you know, I, you know, I remember when I was, I, 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 was, I was a baller. No, that's not it. You're going forward and you need wisdom to go forward. So it's not a, a midlife crisis, it's a, it's a demand for wisdom crisis, right? Proverbs 29, 18 explains it. It says, a servant, I'm sorry, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. He that keepeth these words, these words of wisdom, happy is he, right? But, but, but if you have no vision, if you have no clarity, Right? You know, we, we, we start to, to break down an atrophy because we're not taking the steps of thirst quenching. See, see there's steps towards purpose and, and, and vision that every time we take a step in that realm, we, we, well, our thirst gets quenched. We get energized. We gain more strength and momentum. You know, you, you, anytime you get close, you ever get in an atmosphere when you're around God, the things of God, the people of God, the word of God, the, uh, the prophetic gifting of God. Something gets stirred up because you're getting clear. You're moving closer to what you're purposed to do, right? You know, it's like a, the tree finally finding a place where it's supposed to plant itself and get its 
soils and the, and the roots, but sometimes the world tries to pull you out of that, right? It's about seeing clearly, not doing things that's going to impair our vision, but clear our vision, and wisdom keeps us clear. Wisdom keeps us clear. Let's go here to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. See, if, 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 if our vision is clear, we can see the wisdom from there. If our vision is clear, we can see the wisdom from there. If we're clouded, the wisdom is there uh, ready to meet the demands and to keep your momentum going and to give you peace and encouragement and motivation. But if you're clouded, you can't see it, right? You can't see the wisdom from there. I told you to go to Ephesians, didn't I? All right, so Ephesians 1, and we're going to lock in here, Ephesians 1, verse 17. It says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you, look, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Right? Next verse says that uh, the eyes of of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places far above all principalities, power and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Why? The spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Right? In the knowledge of him, we'll probably get into this later, like recognizing that you have Christ who is wisdom dwelling on the inside of you. But if you get clouded from even seeing Christ dwells in you and, and greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world, you'll navigate helplessly when you really should be hopeful. Right? So, so and this is the thing, that's why... When you're in situations, and, and let's say you make uh, uh, either improper choices, poor choices, or clouded choices, wisdom shows up. Now, sometimes you have to discover it, but sometimes God loves you enough Well, he'll send a man or woman of understanding to reveal that requisite wisdom for you at that particular time. That doesn't, the Bible says you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. You don't have need to anyone teach you. What that means is when you, you can easily recognize the wisdom that's, that you're supposed to discover on the road, that you're supposed to discover that's being communicated to you, that means if somebody gives you wisdom and you have the Holy One, that unction from the Holy One on the inside of you, you pick up what they're saying quick. Not, so what do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? Something's wrong when God is, is pouring out wisdom and you lean to your own understanding and question it because it seems foolishness. The Bible says the wisdom of God is foolishness unto men. But there's something right when I've prepared myself, engulfed in God, where I pick up God's wisdom along the way, right? Not that I, need, I don't need a, a, a natural guarantee. I need a, a spiritual unction to confirm, oh, that's God right there. That's God right there, right? And so wisdom correction is based on what's needed, not preferred. 
And see, that's what's so tough. When we lean to our own understanding or operate in man's wisdom, it's all about what we prefer. It's not about what's needed. You think about how you raise your children, your children think they know what they need. I mean, they, they could be five, and they think they know what they need because they don't consider the whole picture. They just consider what's comfortable for them. And so as we get older, if that's not nipped in the bud, we operate the same way. We make decisions based on what's comfortable for us. We're not considering the whole picture. Yeah, I've seen people sitting in the, in the congregation, and they'll go, well, that's enough. That's about enough. Uh, we, it's, it's time for us to go home now. It's enough for you. But if you consider the whole picture, the Holy Spirit will let you know that he, that, that he wasn't just ministering to you. He had another, another nugget for this person. He extended it so that person can get it. Right? He created an atmosphere of worship, worship for that person to get it. He actually laid hands on some people so that person can get it. So you can see the whole picture, right? And so wisdom correction is based on, what, on what's needed, not preferred. Remember, Samuel so, showed Saul the cause of the effect. Remember? So, so, so he, uh, Saul had a a responsibility, and he didn't do what God told him. He kept the sheep. You know, they weren't supposed to keep the sheep. They kept gold. And, you know, Samuel shows up and said, what's that noise I hear? What's that noise I hear? He said, ah, that's sheep. He said, where did that come from? Oh, well, what we did was we're going to help God out. We kept the best sheep. You know, we kept the good sheep. He says, wait a minute, what did God tell you? And he says, that's where you get the phrase, God would rather obedience than sacrifice. So you made a great sacrifice to override obedience? Obedience is more valuable than the sacrifice, right? Wisdom would tell us that, right? And so Samuel didn't go, well, I don't want to bring that up because I don't want, I want it to be obvious. You know, you made a mistake and I don't want to state the obvious. No, Samuel had wanted him to locate the cause of the effect. Let me show you what you did to put you in this position. Remember, uh, God did that with uh, Joshua and them. Let me show you what you did, the cause of the why y'all lost this battle. But suppose you'd been like, listen, I don't want to state the obvious. I want you to feel bad. You already lost the battle. No, it wasn't about that lost battle. It was about there's another battle coming. And if you, do, if you don't get rid of the accursed thing, you're going to lose again and again and again. So, so, so again, wisdom correction is based on what's needed, not preferred. And so a lot of times you have to hear the cause of the effect, not as a beat down, but, but to recognize, get that out of there. When you go to the doctor and something is causing pain, and you just, for every reason, I just keep getting this pain in my chest, man. I don't know if I have a heart attack or whatever. The doctor doesn't go, hey, man, well, I don't want to bring up the obvious. The doctor goes, well, the reason why is because you're constipated. He's not trying to put you down. He might not trying to make you feel bad. He's like, we got to release what's, what's obstructing everything from flowing properly into in, your, your bloodstream. And that's, that's what our life is about. It's not about putting people down. Correction is about getting, removing what's in the way for us to see, right? And wisdom does that. So a lot of times what, what happens is when we lean to man's wisdom, we want to dismiss our, uh, <laughs> our road to the present de demise. So we took a path to this present demise. 
we want to dismiss that road. We don't want to hear about what I did to get to this road, right? You know, uh, some people don't kick a brother while he's down. No, no one's kicking you. We got to let you know you're on the road. GPS does that, right? If you're on the wrong road, the GPS don't leave you there, right? And look, look, we want to dismiss our road to the present demise, leaving it available to return <laughs> its sting. See, see, we want, see so, so this road that we're on caused this demise. We want to dismiss it like, okay, you know, we, we don't need to talk about that. So that's the road that, that left the, the, the demise. Well, we don't really need to talk about that right now. Let's just move forward. Let's, no, 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 this is the road I took. But if I don't talk about it, and we don't recognize whatever I do, I can never take that road again, it's available for me to return to get stung again. You ever watch the movies where they just, you know, they're escaping, you know, it was, uh, I'm, I'm old school, so Raiders of the Lost Ark and stuff like that, and they try to escape, and they cross a bridge. What do they normally do when they cross the bridge and somebody chasing them? They get rid of the bridge, right? So they can't follow them. Like, they don't just leave it there. <laughs> Right? And that's what God's trying to tell us to do. To recognize, don't, don't, don't beat yourself up, don't be condemned, but, but be humble enough to embrace, let me just embrace the choices I'm making. Let me, let me, let me step back, you know, uh, you know, it happens all the time in business, like you, uh, whew, Jesus Christ, like you, you, uh, you have to measure stuff. Me and you talked about that, right? Like, you have to measure stuff. So, so I've been a, a part of businesses and corporations where people would, would, would be doing stuff. This is a great idea, great idea. Then they change and they do this. It's a great idea. Then they change do this. And I, I say, listen, man, with all due respect, can I just say, how are we measuring what we're doing? Like, how are we measuring what we're doing? Are we just doing it? We did two conferences in, in another state. Um, and the first one, you know, it's pretty good turnout. Uh, this is, I consider it was a great turnout. Second one, there was more people said they were coming, but it was less of a turnout. So I was like, we ain't just doing it, just doing it. And it was, it was, we weren't doing it for any proceeds. It was on us. We paid for the people to, uh, to come, to dance, to sing, to run tables, whatever. We, we tried to help people. Uh, and we just wanted to sow uh, uh, God's word into that environment. Well, well, the second one, people didn't come to us. I said, well, we ain't doing it just to be doing it. So we had to measure. That's not feasible. If, if no one's, if, if, if very little people are coming, we're not doing it. So we just stopped. We shut it down. As opposed to just to say we have a conference. It's just not feasible, right? And so, so that's why, that's what, that's what wisdom correction does. It helps us to measure things, right? Um, see, that's why it's dangerous to be in man's wisdom. Because man's wisdom will justify us dulling our senses. Man's wisdom will justify, well, you know, I'm just, you know, I just, it, that's how I take the edge off. That's how I relax. Man's wisdom is dangerous to us. And it's not because we're trying to be evil. Man's wisdom is operating the way it's supposed to. Man's wisdom is about comfort or convenience or it has to make sense. God's wisdom is about obedience and, and doing what's best and considering the whole picture. Man's wisdom will just consider what's in front of your face, right? It won't consider the whole picture. And so man's wisdom will say, oh, there you go. 
Uh, well, I ain't hurt nobody. Well, thank God. We hope you're not hurting nobody. But God's wisdom would say, well, you're not supposed to be hurting nobody anyway, so that's not the goal here. How is this helping you to see? Man's wisdom would say, well, is this right or wrong? God's wisdom would say, is it best? Right, so I was thinking through this, and I, uh, I read through this a while. I'm going to return to doing the, uh, I'm going to remix what's in the mix. You know, I haven't taught that in a long time, <laughs> but uh, it's where we teach on music and um, uh, just some of the challenges of music and, and drugs and alcohol and things of that nature. Um, I'm sure everybody's going to want to hear that one, right? That uh, was sarcasm. I apologize. Uh, Proverbs 23. Let's go back to the wisdom book. But, but as I, I was uh, one of those uh, teachings on, in the what's in the mix teaching, this scripture really stood out besides Proverbs 20. Um, uh, talks about wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging. Whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. I just ran across that, so I thought I'd read it. It's Proverbs 21, 20 verse 1. But we're going to Proverbs 23, and we're going to read verse 29. And, and I think I'm going to read this out of, I'm going to read this out of the uh, English Standard Version. It says, who has woe, or the... Uh, Amplified says, who has anguish? Who has sorrow? So it's asking, who are the people that deal with anguish and sorrow? It says, who has strife? Uh, the Amplified says, who's always fighting? You ever been around people that are always fighting? There's always a debate. There's always an argument. It says, who has complaining? It says, who has wounds without cause? Or the Amplified says, who has unnecessary bruising? Right? Who has redness of eyes? Those who tarry long over wine. Right? Those who go to try mixed wine. That's various wines. So it's covering every level. It said those who tarry long over wine, those who just are constantly sample, sampling uh, uh, mixed wines or various wines is what maybe the Amplified, I believe, read, or New Living Translation. It says, do not look at wine when it is red. It's, now, again, this is an addition to, not a replacement of. But it says, it says, when it sparkles in the cup and goes down smoothly, what it's saying is, you know, how people that uh, believe they're connoisseurs, they'll sit around and they'll look at the glass and look at uh, the richness of the wine and, and, and they'll smell it. And then they'll say, oh, now, now this goes down smooth, right? Now, this, is, this is scripture. Now, this is not Pastor Keith. I'm just, telling, I'm just trying to explain the scripture. It says, now, it says, now it's saying, though you're looking at it and it goes down smooth, it's comfortable. It's taken off the edge, as we say. But look at the next, next verse. It says, in the end, it bites like a serpent and stings like an adder. That's a viper. All right, stings like an adder. It says, your eyes will see strange things. Amplify says hallucinations. Right? It says, my wife says, strange women. That's actually a whole nother, uh, actually, it talks about the strange women in all the verses before the verse I just talked about in the same chapter. 
<laughs> right? It says, and your heart will utter perverse things. It says, you will be like one who lies down in the midst of a sea. Now, when it's saying somebody lies down in the midst of a sea, a sea is staggering, it's unstable, or you're tossed to and fro, right? It says, that's how you'll be. It says, uh, uh, like one who lies on the top of a mass. So, you know how the mass <laughs> be slamming back and forth, right? It says, look, it says, they struck me, you will say, but I was not hurt. They beat me. But I did not feel it. Basically, I was numb to even the, I was numb to even pain's correction. It says, when, when shall I awake? I must have another drink. The King James Version says, I will turn, I will return or seek it again. So this is saying that that person that allows themselves to take in something that that the goal is to soothe them or take off the edge is not realizing it's impairing their vision, but it's numbing them. It says that person will find themselves a lot more impatient if they're honest with themselves. You'll find yourself a lot, a lot more impatient. Uh, there, uh, so this, this says that person argues a lot. It says there's a lot, depression. I call depressions you anyway. You'll find yourself in depressed state. It said woe and sorrow and anguish, right? <laughs> see, see, again, it's wisdom. This is, this is Proverbs talking. Wisdom is talking, and there are people that are here wisdom and go, nah, that ain't got nothing to do with me. That ain't got nothing to do with me. I'm not trying to hear that. But it's trying to help a person to see clearly. It's not trying to take away if a person's going to get comfort or take the edge off or have a great day. It's saying, I have a way you can do this and not lose, and you won't lose your sight. What you're doing can cause you to lose your sight. It says it'll cause you to be numb to correction. See, see that go, when you're in a situation and you walk outside the lines, you can get beat out there. You can get struck out there. And then this is saying this person was struck. And then they're in denial. I, I, I wasn't hurt. They ain't hurt me. They ain't hurt me. The goal was not to, for you to, to, to handle it. The goal was for you to make sure that you didn't get struck again. Then it says they got beat. And they, and they ain't feel it. <laughs> look, look, it says, it says, they beat me, but I didn't feel it. The purpose of the beating is for correction. Remember, you, you beat the child. So they won't die, right? The purpose is, 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 is for us to change, to see something, to get back on wisdom road, not for us to take it and be numb to it. And then they say the person will uh, come up out of the stupor and says, I'm going to go back again. <laughs> I'm going to go back in and get beat and get abused. But I'm going to justify it on, you know, kind of took the edge off. Is the moment worth what it's costing you on a, on a, in the big picture? And the reality is sometimes we don't even see the big picture, right? This is just Bible. I just thought I'd give you this because we're talking about wisdom. And sometimes we, we're, we're clouded from the opportunity to embrace wisdom. And our default of man's, uh, uh, so there you go. You try, I don't think there's nothing wrong with it. It's not about what I think or anybody think. It's what the Word says. And if you go by this list of what this is talking about, and I can give you other chapters and verse, um, 
And if you're honest with yourself and you look at not just are you doing more than the people around you, are you achieving all that God has designed for you? See, it changes our goal to the whole picture, right? And so, so, so 1 Samuel 13, um, um, 1 Samuel 13, 5 through 14, we're not going to get there, but Pastor Mel mentioned something. She says, you'll start doing all this stuff and you'll start uh, uh, having hallucinations, seeing strange things, but you'll end up with strange women is what she talked about, Right? And earlier verses talked about that, too. It's all lust. Whether it's smoking, alcohol, or, uh, uh, pornography, all that stuff, it's just lust. And interesting thing is Solomon was, was he was the wise guy. He, he was the, the Proverbs person, right? But Solomon started to get into the, the wines and the women and stuff like that. And so, his, so he ended up having all these wives. So... Solomon was all wise, but when he got into these different lusts, his wives flipped his wisdom into vanity and foolishness. Don't take my word for what Solomon will tell you in Ecclesiastes. He'll tell, see, again, people don't look at the whole picture. They just read, well, Solomon said this in Ecclesiastes. It's all vanity. No, it became all vanity because he lost sight of God's wisdom. <laughs> right? Just read through it, right? He got to, it, so if we take in the wrong thing, remember if, if the person that's around wise people ends up wise. person that's around fools, they'll flip that wisdom into foolishness. And so you have to watch what you're exposing yourself up because this is the thing. Very few fools see themselves as fools. Everybody else see you're foolish but you. Okay, so so out there, you're watching right now, and you, you, you're thinking through that situation. So you're not alone. I, I was there too, where I was doing foolishness, and I had, you know, because I'm a, I was quick-witted and with man's wisdom, I, would, I had a justification for everything that I was doing. Every time, bam, matter of fact, I would flood people with words before they can give me their truth. I would overwhelm them with my words. I would create diversions, arguments, all types of stuff. I, I wanted to be right to stay where I was, and I, and I didn't want to be there. When the whole time God was sending me wisdom. But I was smoking, I was drinking, I was doing all types of stuff. So, 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 so that's why I was the antagonist. Somebody's watching saying, who is that guy speaking behind that pulpit? Because the guy I knew was just getting on my nerves. I apologize. I know I was. I was foolish. And somebody sitting right there is foolish. Right? And, and not, this is not a put down. Pastor Keith's not putting nobody down. It's, it's, it's a recognition. Because we don't have to stay fools. I don't have to stay a fool. I, I chose to embrace wisdom. And I continue every day. I try to find out what I don't know, not trying to prove what I do. Only a fool thinks he knows everything. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Keeping it real, most of the time only a fool th th thinks for sure they're ready. Because the only way you would think you're ready is based on your assessment of yourself. Right? But, but if, you, if God thought you was ready, you'd be doing it. You, you, I'm not being sarcastic. That's true, right? 
Promotion comes from God, right? Proverbs 75, right? So, so if God thought you was ready, you'd be doing it. So if you're, if, if you're not doing it, ask God, what's the wisdom from there? See, that's, that's, that's all I'm saying. I'm not putting nobody down. I'm not sizing nobody up. I'm just saying, let's ask God what's the wisdom from there. See, see, again, God's wisdom is generational wisdom. It's generational wisdom. And sometimes we've been through so much pain, we don't think beyond ourselves, let alone a generation. But it's generational wisdom. You know, and it takes a lot of patience. You know, me and my son was having a conversation, and my son said this. He said, Dad, one of the things, well, he, he told my wife, he said, one of the things I do appreciate, if y'all didn't give me anything, y'all gave me God. He said, he said listen, <laughs> y'all gave me the best thing ever when you gave me God. But we had a one-on-one, and he was like, he said, man, because of what you, you, you gave me, Actually, you or my mom gave me, you know, I'm equipped for my children. Like, I'm, 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 re- I'm equipped for my children. Like, you didn't, you, you didn't excuse me from being re- for being ready for a generation beyond you. Blessings a man that leaves an inheritance for what? His children's children. Right? So, so, so we have to give our children a, enough that it impacts our their children. We have to create an environment that impacts our children's children, right? And that's not at our convenience. If it's personal preferences, that ain't going to impact nobody but your house. That, that won't even extend outside of your house. Everybody will have to come to your house, which is how some, some families flow, make sure everybody come to the house so they can control them. That's not generational wisdom. That's man's wisdom. It's, it's the, for my comfort, and my convenience is not what's best. So again, it's about generational wisdom. What we have to do is we have to watch out for operating in generational negligence. Generational negligence. That's negligence that goes on, that skips generations to your children. Like you're so negligent, it skips your grandchildren and your, and your, grand, your great-grandchildren are impacted. Because you never embrace wisdom. And then you, you excused it even when, when you were challenged or the demand was needed by even your children. So this generational wisdom involves patience. You know, guess what? Not getting instant gratification, but having a generational impact. Me and my wife was driving today and we was, talk, we was just talking. And I said, uh, what I say? I said, Melanie Bradley, the woman of a thousand lives. Because every time we talk, it's like, you know, it was like, well, I remember this situation, this situation. So we were talking about a situation uh, uh, with her ex-husband, right? And, um, and so we were talking it through. And she said something. She said, uh, one thing that's been constant in my life, obviously besides God, she said basketball. <laughs> she says it's always been basketball. She said ever since I was a kid because her dad used to take her to games. She would sit and watch him play, you know, saying then my son came up with basketball. I show up. She's <laughs> it's basketball, basketball, basketball. Then my son's playing basketball. Now my grandson's playing basketball. She says it's always been basketball, right? But then she made another comment. She says, you know, uh, I guess uh, Mondale Jr., my grandson, he'll probably be the person that breaks through to levels that me and my son never achieved, right? There's, 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 there's levels we were trying, we were trying to go to the NBA. Like, we weren't... I don't care what we did. I don't care if it was close. 
Maybe you visited, you sniffed. No, the goal was the NBA. She says, maybe he'll do it. I said, well, you know, I said, the reality is a lot of people don't realize they're building blocks for someone else. You know, like we, we're so depressed because of what we didn't do. We're not understanding that maybe we made a mistake or we, we, we made some turns or we learned some things that's going to benefit others. Maybe nobody never even think about that. See, I'm good. Like, I don't, <laughs> I'm not the dude that ain't going to show up because my, grand, my grandson, I show up now. When he like, I want him to do much greater than I ever did. But, I, but like I told my son, I want him to learn from my mistakes. And I want my grandson to learn from both of our mistakes. Right? So that's, that's, that's having a generational impact as opposed to generational negligence. Right? <laughs> generational negligence. You know, and, and so I was thinking through this and how uh, God afforded Daniel, Daniel chapter 5, verse 12. It says, for as much as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding, interpreting dreams, showing of hard sentences, and dissolving doubts were found in this same Daniel. <laughs> oh, come on. That's, like, 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 that's super wisdom. <laughs> Like, matter of fact, I remember one time the king came up to him and said, listen, man, nothing that's, that's, that, because when they didn't understand stuff, it troubled them. They couldn't sleep. They was like, and then they, they would call all their, the wise people in, and, you know, the soothsayers would be all sweating and shaking, you know, oh, man, if we don't get this, we could die. But Daniel would always talk to his God and roll up and, listen, man, no problem. This is the situation. And the king got to a point, he was like, Daniel, nothing that happened. That seems like a puzzle troubles you. See, if we're, if we're operating in God's wisdom and generational wisdom, nothing troubles us. Because we understand some things are for now, some things are for today, some things are for next week, some things are for two years from now. Even as you grow at a church, man, I got this great idea. And somebody says, well, we're not doing that right now. Well, no, no fret. Because wisdom will help you to see, oh, there's a timing for this. So I have time to prepare it so when it's time, it'll be ready to go. That's, that, that's what wisdom does. Now, I've had the offers from the day we started the church. I got this great idea I'm doing it in this city. It could really help this, that, and the other. It's like, but that's not what God was telling us to do at that time. But it doesn't mean we won't do it. The Air's Life Conference, we're going to have another Air's Life Conference. Down the road, it's a timing for things. See, wisdom is okay with that. It's not troubled. See, ask her. Did you get a call? Such is going on. I'm not Marcus. Am I doing that? I'm not. Oh, my God. What are we going to do? Man, that don't help nothing. There's wisdom from there. I'm going to learn something. I know that much. <laughs> I'm going to learn something. There's wisdom from there. And Daniel operated in that. And if you think about it, because of Daniel's wisdom, it impacted Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and everybody else that came behind him. Right? He was set over 120 princes and kings. And they all was, someone was from that, that place. Right? That's Daniel 6, 1 through 3. So, so, so again, the Lord is trying to challenge us to operate in God's wisdom, to find the wisdom from there. Let's go to James 3. Something we talk about in um, probably gonna 
Got a couple minutes. Something we talk about in marriage boot camp, relationship boot camp, I'm sorry. It's all relationships. Uh, I think this is great. Verse 17, familiar scripture in our church. It says, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable. Look, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And so I love that scripture because what it's saying is every piece of our communication should be filtered through wisdom. So sometimes, like I said, you could be in a husband and wife situation and you're like, but I know I'm right. I know I'm right. Yeah, but are you, did you send it through wisdom? Did you hit them direct or did you send it up to the satellite first and let, and let the wisdom communicate it to that individual? See, sometimes we're, we're going direct. We should be going to the satellite first. I say satellite, but y'all know I'm talking about God, right? We should be yielding to the Holy Spirit first. So that's, that's our package, wisdom. The Bible says wisdom was there when God prepared the heavens and the earth. That means everything that exists, when, after it was finished, a part of it being finished was wisdom. So when we tap into that requisite wisdom, everything is taken care of. Uh, so, First uh, Corinthians two. We're gonna end at First Corinthians two. It's a very interesting thing. Uh, verse six through fourteen. It says, "How be it? We speak wisdom among them that are perfect, complete, or mature." It says, "Yet not the wisdom of this world." nor the princes of this world. So look, it's saying that man's wisdom has like two, two pillars to it. You have the, the, the regular everyday practical information you get, but you also have the prince of the world, which is Satan trying to deceive. It, 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 there's a deception weave through. So it says, uh, yet not, of, not the wisdom of this world, nor the princes of this world that come to naught. These things come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Remember, he's, he, before the world started, he set apart wisdom to be ready for us. It says, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So none of them even packaged wisdom because wisdom would have helped them to see clearly that this, if you were trying to take, stop what Christ was doing, you wouldn't have crucified him. It says, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard. Look, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. The, the, the things that wisdom can only show you. Natural man can't see it. It says, but God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. The Holy Spirit is the key to tapping into this wisdom. It says, for the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. So when we get into this fork in a row, we got to go deeper. 
The Holy Spirit will take us deeper, places we, our own understanding would never go. Our own understanding will get to a place in a situation that goes, I did everything. Our own understanding, that's our own understanding's number one line. I've done everything. See, as soon as we get frustrated, we get depressed, we get mad, something inside of our natural man says, I've done everything. But the Holy Spirit says, oh, no, you have not. There's more. There's more insight. You can go deeper. But see, that's why we can't cloud ourselves from hearing that unction. We can't live to cloud ourselves and think we're going to process that unction. It's just not going to happen. It says, for what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Man can't do it. He has to tap into the Holy Spirit. So it says, now we have received not the spirit of the world who's going to keep communicating man's wisdom, but the spirit which is of God that will give us the wisdom of God. It says that, that we might know the things that are freely given to, unto us by God. Imagine thinking you're helpless and you're without and you have so many other resources available, but you don't know about it. You don't know this is available. You know, we were in the house one day and my wife found a check. It was there the whole time. Oh, matter of fact, we had this card that was sent to us for groceries. We've probably had it for what, was it a year? Two years? Had it for two years. It's sitting there the whole time. The Holy Spirit showed it to her. What'd you say? Yeah, it was $400. Just sitting there, <laughs> available. We've been in situations where we could have used it. It was there the whole time. Right? So he'll show us things that are freely given to us of God. It says, which things also we speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. Look, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them for their spiritually discerned. That natural man will reject God's wisdom as if it's foolishness. Will debate hearing God's wisdom as if it's foolishness. Even though they're dealing with frustration, woe, sorrow, right? Overwhelmed, doing more than before, but not enough to be fulfilled. But we... How can we afford to reject God's wisdom? So there's wisdom from there, and hopefully we challenge ourselves to be clear so we can see the wisdom from there. All right, so that's all for today.